0: Namaste. Shobindo's life through his poems. And we have covered the period till 1926, which we know marked three significant things, or rather four. One, as we know, was the descent of Sri Krishna in Shobindo's physical, which was the fusing of Sri Krishna's earthly divine personality with Shobindo. And what it meant is that now the baton of the yuga, the yuga dharma is passed on to Sherbindo. Its significance for us is that now the age that is going to dawn, was going to dawn, was handed over to Sherbindo. You see, it's very interesting. In 19, the First World War, Sherbindo did not directly intervene. That age was still hanging in the balance mother intervened in her own way but not directly she intervened she was in the front uh, nursing the sick and the you know those caring for them but she was also speaking of the coming of superman the role of women shurbindo also through the aryas was speaking about the future but the moment you see the age was passed on to shurbindo second world war very actively he intervenes both of them so that was literally what shurbindo called as the mother's war so we see that first significance of this was that the avataric role for which avtar is not a role but you know he comes but the work and the mission for which Sri Krishna who was the avatar of the previous age and conducting the age right up to almost till Shurabindo's birth uh, with the last fires of uh, Rani Lakshmi by nearly 4500 or 5000 years now was passing on the Baton to Sherbindo, and that received in the, from the period from nineteen hundred eight or little before that uh, when he appears before him in the Alipur jail, and then this continues series of experiences till nineteen twenty six when we see the grand culmination. This is what it meant. second was the importance of this event was <clears throat> that the age of gods was over. Because the mother had created an overmind creation with the help of the gods. All the meditations that we hear that she used to meditate and all the gods would come. And then Sri Bindo said, no, this is not what we want and she dissolved it. So, though we read all this, she dissolved it. But what is what it meant was that the age of gods is over. Now they have managed to make a direct contact with the Supreme. So, Of course, people can continue to worship nothing. (laughs) Mother was asked, he said, those who want to worship the gods may continue to do so. But they must know that it has nothing to do with the Supramental Yoga, very clearly. So, with regard to those who are on the path, there has to be a luminous and benevolent indifference. It's not like, People were iconoclasts who would destroy the gods for the one reality. She was not saying that. She said they have a place in the creation, they have governed it till now. They still will have a role for many who are still hanging out on the ledges of humanity. (laughs) But for those who are ready for the new creation, they have to take a leap. This meant, second thing it meant was this. Third was that the mother was now in the forefront. So Sherbindo had at some point, as Nalnida says, we don't know when. Uh, someone asked Shubindho, Did you recognize the mother on 24th November 1926? He said, No, 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 much before that. So Nalida recount that often when at night during the seances they would sit together. And um, Shubindo, when he would come to saying Mira Devi, Mira Devi was what he used to call her, and even written, and in some of his writings it is M I R A, Mira Mera Devi. So he would uh, halt at mamma as if he is prolonging something. And then Nalini says, one day he suddenly said mother. And though that date is unrecorded, some of the best events of history have gone unrecorded in terms of the exact date. But he says that was the day when the mother was fixed in the outer consciousness of man. So we see this third thing happening with 1926. Mother taking charge of what? Of the creation that was going to be. And the fourth thing that happened along with that, of course it changed the whole dynamics of yoga, whole process of yoga. I mean, not whole process, but it changed the approach to yoga. Like if you read before that, so if you read through synthesis and all that, it appears, oh my God, this is so wonderful but so difficult. Though Sri himself said, it is easiest... But the goal is very difficult. But after that, 1927, the first book that comes out is The Mother. And there is a very interesting note that Sri writes. There are two notes which he writes. One is, because now children will come, mother has to manage. So he identifies with the God of wealth. And he says, I am Kabir, the God of wealth. He writes like that. And another one where he says, I am the Shakti of Sri alone. He writes on behalf of Mother. It's not written by Mother, by Ashura And the book, The Mother, was placed in the hands of humanity. That now, this is the beach Mantra, you have to just take it and move forward. And along with that, the fifth thing that happened, before that, people came. You will see evening talks, people sat and they had the wonderful opportunity. In the Gita, we see one dialogue between Sri Krishna and Arjuna. And humanity must be lamenting, I wish we had Shri Krishna with us, lazily. So he fulfilled that aspiration and people could come and join. So they could come, sit around Sri just imagine, raise questions, have share a laughter or two. And the questions could include anything, all kinds of contemporary events, past, different things. You know, If you take a flavor of that, for instance, one place, somebody asked him that... Uh, Gandhi's son had come to meet you. He said, yes. So what transpired? He said, all that I remember is that I asked him a question. That if Hitler comes, tell me how are you going to stop him with your charkha and (laughs) (laughs) non-violence? So he says, he didn't reply anything. (laughs) This was what he remembered. (laughs) He didn't reply anything. And there are many, even all these things. Now we are, you know, seeing about ISIS caliphate. All that Khali of Khilafat movement had started during that time with Kamal Ataturk. If you read that portion of history, it's amazing. At one place he says, yes, you can uh, pactize with the uh, religion which is willing to compromise. But how do you make uh, compromise with a religion which believes in exclusivity, which will not accept you as your own? This was again with regard to you know Hindu-Muslim unity very clear and every subject which included range even about some cartoon characters they have read even about that people could ask shurbindo they could ask about current world events the future and he would reply but they were not really known as shurbindo disciples recently you must have seen one of the letters of shurbindo saying he hardly accepts anybody so it's all during that period when people would come to meet him try to climb up the walls to have a darshan and Sri would write that uh, I don't accept like that. There was no formal initiation. But after 1926, we see that slowly an ashram begins to form. But very clearly both have made. They didn't form an ashram. There is a difference. It grew out of the pressure of the chit tapas, the consciousness force. That's how the world has emerged. So as the pressure came upon earth of their presence, mighty presence. So people started getting drawn and then they wanted that, they wanted to live near Mother and Sri and do the tapasya. So slowly the houses came, people started. It was not like, okay, you are accepted in terms of a formal formal initiation. There was never anything like a formal initiation. All that she would say, whoever the mother has accepted is (laughs) doing the yoga. Mother would say, whoever recognizes me, is initiated into the yoga or whomever I have given work. So it was never like okay because they didn't need all these formal methods that I have to give a mantra diksha and from today you start. They are very human methods. But divine doesn't use these methods. He just looks and you are done and uh, you feel the call. So that's how the whole process started. And what was this project? We see 1920, Barinda asking uh, Sri Sir everybody is collecting their bundles and they ask what is shubhintha doing is he engaged in man making shubhintha says i have done enough of man making now i'm engaged in divine man making so it was a completely new project human beings can live in a sattvic state human beings can enter into nirvana they can experience higher consciousness they can receive the psychic touch all this was done but now it was a completely a new divine humanity in a human body which will be transmuted eventually even that into a divine body. The possibility of embodying the divine consciousness, that was never envisaged. So it was a perfection of life upon earth through human beings. Who were these human beings? We often look, oh my God, these people were so wonderful. Yes, they were so wonderful, but they were representatives. Each brought with him a possibility And each brought with him a difficulty Mother used the word difficulty later And an impossibility initially Something that will just refuse to change So the humanity that came Carried within itself a strange paradox A great divine possibility And an equally earthly impossibility So it didn't matter the number Supposing there were hundred, hundred Hundred came much later Supposing there were thirty. So thirty multiplied by all the types, each one was representing millions of human beings of that type. So he was bearing not only his own burden, but the burden of that type of humanity. That's how in this yoga one helps humanity, not by uh, distributing kambals and you know food. But this way, that the moment you one becomes a disciple of Shivindu, Shivindu says that it's very difficult then you automatically bear the burden of that type which you represent. And each one represents something or the other. So we'll read some of these poems on man, how that time he saw man and the way out of man. So it is the early days when ashram is being formed, humanity came from different quarters and those some of the names are now legion. And yet, when you read their life, the difficulties, the challenges, because basic human nature is the same. And they would write to Shurbindo. Sometimes they would say, that is also there in evening talks, but later ones, 38, Sir, today C and N met with each other and they had a fight. So Shurbindo said laughingly, Yes, when fire meets fire and it's midsummer now. there were people who would start crying I am going away I can't stay anymore and Shirobhinda says neither and you know on what pretext they would say mother does not want me to be here and then Shirobhinda has to explain that mother loves you neither me nor mother would ever want you to go away from here Dilip Kumar Roy for instance he would write like that and Shurabinda would say How much we cherish you as a son and a friend If you go away He says if I go away Because he was so much He he had big challenges in his nature If you read about him It is very interesting On one side Now this is documented part of history And he is a great person So on one side Shurabinda says Someone whom I have cherished As a son and a friend On the other side when he is asked, why does he often get this going away, going away streak? He said, there is a vital which is high, L and L. So he said, uh, you know that's why these impulses come. And then he would take try to take to sannyas. He says, yes, because of this he goes into these moods. When he wants to take sannyas, and then swings back to the opposite because sannyas is like that. It's a reaction of your being. To a tendency which you have very strong in nature, something very crude. So you want to get rid of it. So he is he is told Shirobindo once that I think if I go away, the devil will go away from the ashram. He said, No. On the contrary, he'll be very happy that he had a victory. So you must stay here. The devil is not here because of you, it is because of the way he is there in earth, and there were waves when. People will get this urge. I want to go away. I want to leave the yoga, unfitness. And they would write and Sri would say these are the same people, same force which occupies like waves the minds of people and urges them to leave the path. So all these challenges he was facing. And so he describes humanity in ways which makes us understand truly ourselves better. Have we not faced within us contradictions? If we have not faced then we are Grossly insincere, to say the least. <laughs> it means that we have a very good image of ourselves. And all others are, you know, <laughs> problem is in others. But here Shrivindo writes, there is a poem, Man, the depot of contraries. In Savitri also there are some magical lines to that effect. Where he says, um, a strange... Anti-nomi governs his rules so he says a cross between the demigod and the beast he describes man there is in us a beastly part give it a moment and see it will emerge everything is very beautiful when there is satsang even inside the samadhi it can emerge when you are sitting near the samadhi and somebody comes and cheros you a little see how the animal comes out how dare you <laughs> so that's how, because it's there in human beings. So man, the depot of contraries, I am greater than the greatness of the seas. A swift tornado of God energy. This is about I is about man. This is the possibility in man. See, he can ride the seas, he can bind the skies. I am greater than the greatness of the seas. A swift tornado of God energy. Now he doesn't write but, but you can add but. A helpless flower that quivers in the breeze. I am weaker than the reed. One breaks with ease. You will see this in man. This contrary. On one side so strong. That they can bear the frontal strokes of the world and not break down. In the same human being. The opposite tendency. And this should be the mother have emphasized in this yoga. One needs to know it. And there are exchanges between Mother and Shubhendu even during 1917, 1918, where Shubhendu speaks of the shadow which chases human beings, and he says that this is the evil persona with everybody, especially those who are born for a great possibility. You will see that there is a shadow which chases them, and that actually is their shortcut to the yoga. It's a grace, because instead of giving all sorts of problems, there is one problem marked out for you, written in your list. So when you are coming down, we pick up possibility. Then he says, hold on, hold on. This possibility you have to realize, yes, sir. So take this along. So in hurry, we take this along. That, that is the difficulty. The difficulty is the path to the possibility. It's very The world is arranged in such an occult way. So he says, both things are there in man. I harbor all the wisdom of the wise in my nature of stupendous ignorance. On a flame of righteousness, I fix my eyes. While I wallow in sweet sin and join hell's dance, this is man. And especially those who are very righteous, extremely moralist, you can take it for granted that they are valuing in hell at some point. No, world should be like this. Like that, right and wrong. They deny in public what they enjoy in private. And their are religions like that. They will stone, uh, chop the hands. But in their private life, it is so horrifying. You read the tales and you will know. And you know which world I am speaking about. They will, like... The woman should be covered in this way and that way, but their private life is so horrifying. So that's what man is—he puts a cover over all his sins and looks at the world with, "I am a righteous man, and how are you?" But in his private life, it's a very different thing. So he reminds us, "On a flame of righteousness, I fix my eyes, while I wallow in sweet sin and join hell's dance." So all these poems remind us that he knows all of us very well, <laughs> so, to say the least. <laughs> My mind is brilliant like a full obed moon. Its darkness is the cave and troglodytes. So, you know, when moon is shining, there are caves where moonlight doesn't reach. And what is the troglodyte? Troglodyte is those uh, dinosaurs age creatures. The primitive. So, but within me, on one side, I speak about spiritual things, high things and all that. I have read the Ramayana, the Mahabharata, the Veda, the Quran and I can give talks on that. But there is a troglotite, a primitive man hiding in the cave. So he reminds us, that was the challenge of yoga. It was not as easy as, okay, I will bring the super mind and give to all of you and tomorrow you will become supramental beings. And supramental transformation is to tackle with all these things. I gather long time's wealth and squander soon. <laughs> I am an epitome of opposites. I with repeated life, death's sleep surprise. Death he's dead, repeated life, come back. I am a transience of the eternities. At one place, mother says, he has come from a, man has come from a very high plane. His true domicile is the overmind. And she says he's meant to be the limbs of the ex quaternary, where on one side is the higher hemisphere and one side is the lower. So, mother says he's a god who has fallen. So, she was asked, Why did he, why was he made to fall? He says, So that he develops humility, because without humility you can't go further. You see the gods? They're very nice when you worship them. (laughs) One day you don't do that then they may break that nariyal on your head you know your head will be the nariyal the people that's why you know there is a relation not the good gods but there are some with whom they scare like there was that shani devta everybody was putting that you know that Telka dia. sometime this was in fashion so once i asked my mom why are you doing all these things you are praying to lord rama what do you need all this no 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 now if i don't do then there is a problem I said, leave all this. I literally forced it upon her. What kind of a faith do you have in Lord Rama? And she had a tremendous faith. She said, Okay, you are saying it, I'll leave it. But there is that always that kind of relationship with the beings of these worlds. So he had to fall to discover humility. And till he discovers humility, mother has one place said humility. Sincerity also she has said the same thing. Humility is the safeguard. Against whom? Against the hostile forces Because if you don't have humility They will come and whisper in the ear You know, you are the next Mahant Of Sri Centre ah. So you start, you know, thinking <laughs> I am sorry But I am saying, you know, it all can come No, I am the next person I, you know, everybody I am the one who conducts It will come like this The next will be, some experiences will come See, you had such a high experience. You are a great yogi. Now, nobody will say this to outside because people know you will be marked as stupid because there are sensible people enough to understand it. Then after some time, inside it will come, you know, you are the supreme. You don't need Mother and Shurbindo. People have been there. There are people when during the partition, they went to Pakistan. After being here for so many years, now I have done all this, now I have to go further. So, further was... Five times namaz. Completely under the grip. So this is the way these forces act. They will take you. Ah, See, I am such a great yogi. I am this, that. That's why Sri says the aim of this yoga is not to become a yogi, a superman or any such thing. So what is the aim, sir? We thought we will become yogi. No, no. Aim is to become a child of the Divine Mother. To live in the Divine Consciousness. To live by the Divine Consciousness. So there is no epithet to it. If you are living in the divine consciousness you don't say I am from today Prabhu, Swami, so and so You don't need Divine never declares Did Sri Krishna say I am so and so The Gita writes Yogi Yogeshwara Did Sri Aurobindo say I am so and so But we know that it is divine Did Lord Rama say Ravana you don't know I am avatar of Vishnu Nothing he says come let's fight The divine never needs to declare himself But those who are not sure of that divinity need to declare themselves. So what is this about? Here he writes the greater plan. He saw that all that was done in the past traditional yoga is not enough. If he had to repeat that story, he could have just opened another ashram for all kinds of people. But he said, I have to give it the name ashram because for want of a better name. He had to explain that what is ashram, he said, comes from the root shram. It is a labor, but of another kind. So there was this famous uh, British poet, mathematician, Chadwick, and his name was given Arjav by Sri So he used to write lovely poetry. He died relatively young. So once somebody asked him, came from UK, what are you doing here? He said, why? What do you mean? No, what, what work are you doing here? What are you doing for humanity? He said, you won't understand. We are fighting a battle. What battle? He said, will you understand if I tell you that you know we are fighting with our egos day and night? <laughs> I don't understand this. <laughs> so, there is a greater plan. Now, Sri Bindo, the new project. Sri Krishna had led humanity to the doors of the supermind. When he says, Sarva Dharmaan even there are three, four hints in the Bhagavad Gita. One place he says, the greatest of yogin is he who conquers, who strives to conquer. Jara, Maran, Dukha, Rog. He is the greatest of yogin. Another place he says, Vyaktoham, ham I am both. And then he shows the vision in, a, in the battlefield of Kurushitra. And finally, when he says, initially he speaks of sadharma all this. But at the end he says, there is something still greater, which is yet to come. Sarvadharman Parityajya, Mamekam, Sharnamraja. Abandon yourself completely to me. So he takes to the door of the supermind but doesn't open it, doesn't reveal it. Man is still, yes, long journey and he knows I'll come back. As sure, And now the time has come. So, what is that greater plan? I am held no more by life's alluring cry, her joy and grief, her charm, her laughter's lute. This is the pre requirement. And somebody asked Mother, Mother, uh, there is so much talk about vairagya in other yogas. You don't talk about vairagya. He says, frankly, if you have to still renounce something, you are not ready for this yoga. What He says, you should be so much caught by this flame that this is something so new. Whether you leave something outwardly or not is irrelevant. So He says, we don't talk about renunciation because renunciation means, oh, I have something now I am going to renounce. But basically, one doesn't need to be a yogi or read scriptures. A child of 16, if he knows, has reason and common sense, can understand that nothing really belongs to you. One doesn't need to read a big scripture. Because renunciation means I, like forgiveness. People say, no, forgiveness is a great quality. That means you have first condemned the person. Forgiveness means you have judged the person, condemned him and now say, anyways, I forgive you. But, Greater than forgiveness is compassion Compassion understands That's it You don't have to forgive Because who is there to forgive? Shubhendra writes in one of his epiphyasms Who is there to forgive? Does God forgive himself? (laughs) It is in that consciousness Hushed are the magic moments of the flute And form and colour and brief ecstasy Now that phase is gone Wonderful I would hear in my spirit's wideness, solitary, the voice that speaks when mortal lips are mute. This is the line worth, you know. You can't put it price tag, it's priceless. The voice that speaks when mortal lips are mute. I seek the wonder of things absolute, born from the silence of eternity. That is the greater plan, which man will embody. So somebody would ask, sir, you are seeking, what about man? So he says, there is a need within the soul of man, the splendors of the surface never set. For life and mind and their glory and debate are the slow prelude of a vaster theme, a preface to the epic supreme. So we are like that, the master musician is still setting the chords he has not started playing music Setting the note Dun Then another place Dun so He is setting This is all chaotic The heart is doing done. Mind is doing done, dun, dun. So Life is All tuck, tuk tuk. So he is uh, Abhi is, he, Still the alap is going on You know you ever see musicians Before they do it They have a alap. Long time they have an alab. There The people who get so bored Like we you know All become escapists what is this humanity? So says, I am just doing alap. No, actual experience I am saying. First time I gate crashed, no money, no. So, went to watch, uh, um, but wanted to watch Ravi Shankar, Allah Rakha. So, some four, five of us, we just gate crashed. Managed to get inside. So, you know, it was alap going on. So, two hours alap is going on. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, two two are When will the real thing start? So I thought initially this is the ultimate, but we waited, waited. But after some time, oh, then you don't want to go from there. I still remember ten to twelve was the alap, and then till four thirty we didn't know what's happening. Morning class, forget everything. There was wonder, a wonder. So what is going on right now is alap. Just the strings are being tuned. (laughs) Then there is. What is our role? What is the job we are here to do? Job description from the divine, not job description from earthly people. So our job description is man of the mediator. Actually, in the old edition, it's man the mediator, whatever it is. A dumb, inconscient, true life, stumbling maze, a night of all things, packed and infinite. It made our consciousness a torch that plays between the abyss and a supernal light. Our mind was framed a lens of segment sight, piercing out inch by inch the world's huge mass. So you see what happens with the mind? The inconscient can begin to become aware of itself. Inconscient can read itself through the mind of man. So how does it read itself? Oh, life is this horror. This is inconscient speaking. What is it actually? Inconscient is saying, I am horror. When person says, oh, I need this, I want this, I desire this, I desperately long for this. Inconscient is saying, I long for the divine love. But this same human mind can become an instrument of the divine design and can say, here I come into the abyss to fill it with God love. Same, because human mind has become a mediator. And reason is small, hard, theodolite. Measuring, unreally, the measureless ways. You know, imagine infinite uh, uh, space. But torchlight, you are measuring this much. But it is vast, boundless. Yet is the dark, Inconscient whence came all, the self-same power that shines on high and one. What is inconscient? It is a shadow of the same supreme, infinite. Our night shall be a sky purpureal, a torch transmute to a vast Godhead's sun. Torchlight light is reason. The same reason can take us a step further and say, Okay, now for the step further till it gets transmuted into a sun. Rooted, now see these last two punch lines Rooted in mire, heavenward man's nature grows So you can look at the mire Mud, see mud is a common That's why mathematics we learnt LCM and HCF It's a true spiritual philosophy LCM is the least common multiple Everybody will have it, mire HCF is the highest common factor you see, it will become less and less. So, highest common factor is what? Rooted in mire, bird, man's nature grows. LCM. But what is the HCF? His soul, the dim bud of God's flaming rose. So, on one side, there is the mire which is common. is the bed. Inconscient bed. But if you see the possibility, then he can become God's flaming rose. And something very similar is written on evolution. There are several essays, of course, where the primary thought is that evolution happens because there is involution. Seed automatically does not go into a tree. The tree has become a seed and buried itself. That's how involution can be understood very simply. The tree of the divine, cosmic tree that has made droplings and seeds and buried into earth nature. So, all the possibilities are already there inside the seed. And now it will struggle upward through challenges of life. Why? Because that one tree will become many, many. All is not finished in the unseen decree. This is new thing about Shura Often people, I don't know why they start comparing this Vedanta, that Vedanta. What Shura is brought is completely new. Of course, that is a basis. Nobody denies there is a one reality and all that is child stuff. But the real thing that Sri is bringing out is that man can take a leap. He is a transitional being. And his purpose, reason of existence is to become superhumanity or the divine superhumanity so that we don't get a ah, we are going to become supermen. Divine superhumanity of the future. This no one spoke about. Man is a transitional being. And his greatness is not in what he is, but in what he can become. That's what we had read, I think, yesterday. Man is a transitional being. His greatness is not what he is. You can have any number of degrees on your card at the poly gates. Chitra Gupta will not ask for your card. He will say, Give me the chip inside your soul. Sir, there was a chip. Yeah, Everything is documented here. Sir, why are you seeing all this? Give me that chip. There you will see what you became, not what you were born with. People often lamentare, What to do? I was born like this. That's irrelevant What is important is what you became That is the journey of man So all is not finished in the unseen decree A mind beyond a mind demands our ken A life of unimagined harmony Awaits concealed The grasp of unborn men So he was preparing the new age When souls that were waiting for centuries They would come down Unborn men Men of the future Who are waiting for this period. That when mother will come, when Shurabindu will start a new age. There must be yogis who went beyond man and didn't need to come back to earth. But somewhere they didn't want to merge into nirvana. And they had that intuitive sense that maybe someday there will be a new age. And they are waiting and they would come down. The crude beginnings of the lifeless earth, the mindless stirrings of the plant and tree, prepared a thought... Thought for a godlike birth. So these things prepared our thought. Now, thought is a preparation for a godlike birth, broadens the mold of our mortality. A might no human will nor force can gain, a knowledge seated in eternity, a bliss beyond our struggle and our pain are the high pinnacles of our destiny. So, what is man's destiny? We don't need to go to a Tota or an Astrologer because we share a common destiny. Just as we share a common problem of the race, no? So, we have a common destiny, but provided we activate it. So, what is that destiny? A might no human will nor force can gain, a knowledge seated in eternity, a bliss beyond our struggle and our pain are the high. Pinnacles of our destiny, O thou who climbest to mine from the dull stone, face now the miracle summit still unwon. So, Shirdi knew very well that it's not an easy task. So, that time few people gathered. Right up to almost 1950, there were just about 250 persons. So, when people would ask about numbers, he said, "Nothing depends on numbers. It is not a yoga meant for gathering." It's not like a movement where everybody starts a morning Sankirtan and says, Jai Ho, Jai Ho, Baba Ji Ki Jai Ho. It's not that. It's a serious work. At one place he says that, I do not believe in propaganda except for politics and patent medicine. Mark the humor. He's not saying that, you know, you should do propaganda there. He's simply saying they are based on propaganda. <laughs> Shubinder's humor is very subtle. Huh? Don't take it that okay. Okay, he, he sanctioned. Propaganda for politics and patent medicine. But if you mark the words, you say, I don't believe in propaganda. But that's where they do it. You just, if you are in that world, except for politics and patent medicine, because the next sentence qualifies it. In a serious work like mine, I mean, that is a. (laughs) In a serious work like mine, it is like a poison. It means that tens of thousands of useless people join and spoil the movement and reduce it to a farce. It doesn't stop there. Huh? Very strong word is this. Pranabdha used to keep this by his side. The moment you talk about, he'll hand over to you. one. <laughs> so, it means... Reduce it to a farce. This is what has happened to the religions from which truth has receded into the secrecy of its silence. What is left is a shell. He says, I do not want to repeat the old fiasco of the old wine in new bottle package. You no, know, You see a lot of this thing. Now, pranayama is as old as the hills. You will see a new package of pranayama. Under some kriya, some name. And five thousand dollars. Even people go to ex- absurd things, you know. Hot yoga, I have talk- talked about it. Hot yoga. Not hot yoga, hot yoga. <laughs> huh? That man finally got arrested. So he, America, you know, place everything sells. So what was the yoga? Extreme hot temperature. Steaming hot. In that you have to do the same practices. Little bit variation here and there introduced to make it appear your own. So you know you'll sweat a lot and people think they have worked worked out. So it's a combination of asana and workout. See how you can sell right? branded. Even Survindas Yoga, you'll be surprised once um, I had been to Cape Town. So a group called me for, for a talk. Nice people. So the ambassador there told me that you know they are interested. Would you like to go? I said, yeah, if they want to hear about Sri and the mother, I'll go. Why not? So, uh, Ambassador was a devotee. So, I said, what is that group? He said, they are a group who is named as Divine Life Group. I said, this, what is this Divine Life Group? There's another Divine Life Group. And, what is the path of yoga, Integral Yoga? I said, this is too much. <laughs> Nice people It's not their fault It's somebody who has you know, patented You know the bird integral yoga was being patented So when you go there so I, I didn't know you either. This is all traditional Bad ki, They sang couple of bhajans All in traditional attire Some mantras And then they asked me to speak So I said okay let us catch on that note Where they have no clue So I started with mother So I knew that This so the idea is if your consciousness becomes a little better and you know you feel good, you have divine life. This is how it was understood. Integral yoga means a little bit of Hat Yoga, bit of pranayam. Even I have heard in Shudbindhu circles people speak like this who have been for decades associated. Shudbindu yoga is integral yoga in the sense body, life, mind, heart, everything must be included. So you do Hat Yoga, Pranayam, you do meditation and bhakti, and like the yoga of the Gita, that is integral yoga. But the craziest definition was uh, by Swamiji. In, uh, I mean, because of these people, the word Swami has, you know, lost its reputation. So, there was the talk was on all life is yoga or something. So, luckily, that person had to speak first and he was very well resident. The moment you wear Gheruana, people will go all this. If you're in a your regular half pan knicker, so they think he is a schoolboy. So, this man spoke and he said, Somebody asked him, Shurabindo speaks about all life is yoga. So what does it mean? So he said something in Tamil. So I asked, what is he saying? <laughs> this is not done. He said, nothing. I mean, eating, sleeping, everything is yoga only. Everything is. Nothing else. He just said, everything is yoga. Do whatever you feel. It is yoga only. That was the end of the all life is yoga. I said, good. Now you know now I have a chance. So I took off from there. So this is how it is. So but what Srabinda has envisioned is so much more ahead and so much more difficult. And that's why there is a poem which he is called The Call of the Impossible. It is not as simple as that, that I'll do everything and all life is yoga. Why? Because I am doing everything. It is Shurabindu said, All life is yoga. So I will do everything Doing everything everybody is doing What is yoga about it? It's the same thing like when people say I am doing karmi yoga Meaning I am doing my duties Doing duties is nothing to do with yoga Leave aside karmi yoga Every sattvic person does his duties And even somebody who is not sattvic Is compelled to do the duties That's how society is organized (laughs) Doing duties has nothing, zero to do with karma yoga. Shubhendu clarifies it in essays on the Gita. This is a European conception that if you do your duties, so often people tell you that I am doing all my duties towards whom. So next question is I ask towards whom? Towards my husband, my parent, this that. So but karma yoga is doing towards the divine. Where is the divine? So now you know comes the problem. Because yoga by its very nature means effort directed toward the divine. Without directing it toward the divine, there is no yoga. So, yoga is when karma is directed toward the divine. So simple as that. That's difficult. So, here it's call of the impossible. Something much greater than that. A Godhead moves us to unrealized things. What are the things which are unrealized? In the life divine second paragraph, we'll see that. What we have achieved so far and what we have to achieve. A simple thing like harmony between two people we have not achieved. Unmixed bliss, state of constant joy we have not achieved. We have snatches of peace for which we have to shut our doors and go somewhere. But peace in the battlefield we have not achieved. We have not achieved in this anxiety, stress laden life a drop of true love in a world of hate. We have not achieved any of these things. To achieve them, self-existence, peace and bliss and knowledge which comes straight from the source. None of this we have. That is the impossible thing which man is supposed to have. A Godhead moves us to unrealized things asleep in the wide folds of destiny. He is waiting. Look at the expression. Wide folds of destiny is waiting for his hour. Unrealized things. A world guarded by silence, rustling wings, shelters their fine impossibility. Why? Because it is unmanifest. So, people say silence and they have arrived at silence. But there is something awaiting beyond it, hidden in the hush. So, and look at this line, shelters their fine impossibility. Because as, as of now, man is not ready to embody it. But parting quiver the Cerulean gates. Slowly the gates are opening. Strange splendors look into our dreaming eyes. We bear proud deities and magnificent fates. Faces and hands that come near from paradise. What what shines above waits darkling here in us. So what waits darkling here in us? Ideal love and flawless happiness. But what we are... Manages a darkling. What we call ideal love is just, you know, and they lived happily hereafter. <laughs> what is flawless happiness? Good holiday package, nice things going on. Darkling. But this darkling is, its source is somewhere else. All that we transp- aspire for here is granted elsewhere. And that we have to activate. So what shines above waits darkling here in us now, what is that? He says something very beautiful. Bliss unattained, our futures birthright is. Beauty of our dim souls grows amorous. We are the heads of infinite widenesses. And now these two wonderful lines, because people would say, Sir, what is your yoga? We don't even understand. Forget about doing it. We feel it is impossible. So, what would be Shirbindu's answer to all this humanity? The impossible is our mask of things to be, mortal, the door to immortality. That's how he puts in Savitri, Earth's winged shimras are truth's steed in heaven. The impossible, God's sign of things to be. That's exactly what he says. The high gods pick and choose today's impossibles for future's base. All effort at self-mastery for realizing an ideal state are never lost. Everything else may be lost. Is lost, much of it. But all effort, one may not succeed in this life. Doesn't matter. That's why he says there are many approximations that justify the success. (laughs) Many approximations and failures that justify the eventual success. So we should keep striving. And then finally, I won't read man the thinking animal, but man the enigma he was revealing all this through number of letters to everyone so we will understand when we read all this that what happens here people often ask what happens to people here why their smile is lost sometimes it happens because the makeup, made up smile is lost it's no more that smile good morning, how are you, so nice to see you under me Why this fellow has come? Where will he go? But he snatches away the false smile and gives us the authentic one. So there is a passage, you know, when the smile is lost, but the real smile is yet to come. Man, the enigma. So people often say, oh, Shurubindu was lost in the Empire. And I have never known, uh, having read everything, a person who is more lover of humanity than Shurubindu. And often people ask, I said, why won't I ever feel gratitude for Mother and Sri who thought about us, understood us, our problem more than anyone else. Everybody will say, oh, this is Maya. Or they will say, you are a sinner, condemned. So you are hanging between Maya sounds good, no sin, no virtue. (laughs) No, Maya is comfortable. Illusion. So, ek attitude, na, I do whatever I wish to do. Because there is no sin. This is a dangerous offshoot of this. It's all a Maya. I had a friend who would say, all is a Maya. So I said, very good. One day you will understand it was all a Leela. Hidden behind it, there was something else. But Maya. Or, you sinner, you virtuous man, you get into this line, you get into other line. This is the other so, what is the option? Now, here is shobindu who understands us. He does not condemn us because the sinner and the saint strive within a single breast and neither is man's destiny. He has to go beyond both. Man, the enigma, a deep enigma is the soul of man. His conscious life obeys the inconscience rule. We are conscious, supposed to be conscious. But we are pushed by the inconscient forces. Suddenly, we will speak something. Do something which we are not supposed to do in the sense that it will create disorder and disharmony. And yet, this happens. His need of joy is learned in sorrows school. Sorrows come to teach us that, look here, man, you think your life is happy? No, no, it's very limited. Seek something greater. His heart is a chaos and an empyrean. Both things together. If somebody were to see not the physical art. Physical art is also very strange. The way blood is coming, going, mixing, matching. Impure on one side. Symbol, And the pure blood on another. It's If you look at it and then dub dub, lub lub, all. (laughs) And then life goes like that. That's how it sounds. We are taught that, you know, when you put the stethoscope, you will hear lub lub, dub dub. So, that love-love was nice. But he said, what is this dub-dub? <laughs> <So, laughs> on the stethoscope, that is how one learns that you know, his heart is a chaos and an empyrean. His subtle ignorance borrows wisdom's plan. His mind is the infinite's sharp and narrow tool. Through that, the infinite is carving away. He wades through mud. To reach the wonderful, like those people know used to do that dandavat. What is it called? Parikrama. Pada Parikrama. There was one um, saintly saint. Mandala, like that a yogi who would do regular Parikrama like that. on the floor. Circum- circumambulation is the word in English. So he would go like this, then get up, then again like this. He would do from Shrivindoor's that guest house to Ramanashram, then again come back. So he was the one who one day suddenly got up and ran up to Shribindo when Shuvindo was having a cup of tea in front picked up the cup and put it like this and before anybody could realize and ran away Shuvindo just smiled and then he said he gave me the hint I mean the divine gave the hint through him he just put the cup like that he was a kind of yogi but doing this so through mud weights and in our real life also psychological mud Nahi, pa- Par so he wades through mud to reach the wonderful and does what matter must or spirit can all parts in his living's soil take root and claim from him their place and struggling right. By the very fact we have a body all the forces of the universe Hell, heaven and all that else in between. Take roots. Not only they come and enter. They come and they come as guests. After some time, they eat nice. We give them halwa pudi. They stay. Then another guest comes. They also halwa pudi. Now they are not, they have fight with each other. But now both claim right. This is our house. So this is what happens to man. His ignorant Creature mind crawling towards light. <laughs> Look at the sense of humor. His ignorant creature mind, his ignorant creature mind, man's ignorant creature mind crawling towards light is nature's fool, not tool, is nature's fool and Godhead's candidate. <laughs> Nature makes a fool of us and we think, oh wow, so wonderful ah i thought people think they are doing oh, achieved success not realizing you have been fooled by nature you forgot the real goal nature's fool so she perpetuates Oh, i have such lovely children gone instead of new creation it is changed into procreation that's the end of the story or others who don't have procreation they have recreation they are very happy life is very happy nature's fool And yet, within the same human being, Godhead's candidate, a demigod and a demon and a brute. (laughs) Don't say all these things to us. But this is a fact. Demigod. That we like to hear. Demigod is when human beings can become one with a god. One of the greater powers. A demigod and a demon. He is also sitting out there. Demon. So when there are nice people around and you have to give a nice this thing, so demigod is active. But when somebody hurls an abuse or something, demon says, Okay, they us see. I the ashram gate par? <laughs> The demon comes out. There is <laughs> Demon is still okay. Brute. Completely primitive man. You will be surprised. Strong abusiveness, anger, same. I will narrate one experience. I have narrated this. When I came beginning May, so I saw a man drunk absolutely. And actually, he had come to say some nice things about me, whatever he may have heard. But before he could say, there was a different story altogether. Because he came and he was sitting outside, the dis- old disp- now dispensary is changed. And I was seeing a patient and I heard him abuse someone, somebody else. I came out and said, get out. He said, nya, nya, air Force ka rob. get out. Why? I said, you can't be abusing Is it your place? now? this philosophical mind, it's not my place. I said, it's mother's place. So... Yes, but I am also mother's child I said this is a strange ending. how do I resolve all this riddle I said ok we will talk about it later on come so I just started dragging him outside and he started resisting tall man you know, he threatened me he said you don't know I can take a dagger and punch into your heart I said you don't know I am a military man if you try all this so I am going to react all this carried on for months he took an enmity so much so that wherever you will see me, he's a drunk fellow. He'll suddenly come, stop me on the cycle, start, you know, threatening. And I would also, you know, it was such a nuisance. One day he even walked into the class when all of harmony classes came and started peeping. I said, now either he will have it or <laughs> some. But one day, how my heart changed, I saw him sitting in the samadhi. This man was going and bowing at the samadhi. And I felt something very nice about him. So, next day, time to time, he would come and say, you know, I have not forgotten. I'll see you. This is your Ilaka. So, I went to that extent. I said, where is your Ilaka? You tell me, I'll come. (laughs) So, he said, come to that cafe. All this went on. So, I said, okay, I'll come to this cafe. So, all this was going on. Suddenly, he was sitting in front. And I told him, it's all ego, play of ego, no? So, which blinds you, you can't see. So, that day, I told him, look, I don't want to further have any fights with you because something I have discovered and that has changed me completely he said, ha, what have you discovered I said that you love the mother you know what was his response, who else is there to love after that I said what a fool I was who else is there to love, we became friends one little moment, we became friends. After that, he would meet. Sir, doctor, like that, you know, he's drunk state. And I would say, hi, how are you? Of course, from a distance, I don't know, <laughs> Drunkard, drunkard what, how he'll react. But I realized that in everybody, even in the brute, he literally threatened me with life. And yet, there is in him a corner, where we are one as mother's children. That's the end of the story. So, a demigod... When the man goes, he will leave all this behind. This body, debt-ridden, disease-ridden body. But his soul will shine and go upward. Why? Because mother's love. And strangely, when he had a fall, he came to me for treatment. His wife thought, we, because they had heard everything, that, will you see him? I said, why not? He said, no, I know about all the stories he has been doing to you. I said, don't worry about it. We are friends now. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Anyways, I'll see you as a doctor. So, there is in each one of us a demigod and a demon and a brute. Depends upon what we really develop and how with this Devasur Sangram within, everybody in this yoga experiences it. So, if you take the side of the demon and the brute, then he will grow. Ultimately, he can't stand before the divine grace. And they come with Asuri Maya You see, it won't take the form of Demon will not take the form of That demon, that and You know, two sinks Animal You know how the demon comes Slyly He will come as depression Just tell you, you are useless creature, you know You are no good Unfit for this yoga He will come like that Depression, despair When you have detected his red eyes And all that angry look This anger Then he will take the form of depression. So this is how the demon and the brute act. The slave and the creator of his fate. Both are there in us. We are the slave and the creator of our fate. All this we are. And this enigma, Srivabrinda and the mother have taken to solve for us. And they have given us a solution to this riddle. Last three lines from Savitri with which we will stop. His his nature, divine nature, we must put on as He put ours. Shrabinda and the mother came as human beings, looked like human beings. His nature, we must put on as He put ours. In fact, before that, a mutual debt binds earth to the supreme, man to the supreme. His His nature we must put on as He put ours. His human portion we must grow divine. He is reminding us, His human portions we must grow divine. We are sons of God and must be even as He. His human portion we must grow divine. Our life is a paradox. This is the paradox. Our life is a paradox with God for key. Turn all things Godward. That is the only way given to us. Even the most brute elements, turn them Godward, offer them to the light. So that they will be slowly, slowly refined, 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 purified and turn into divinity. But there are things to be rejected that he has said. But when mother was asked what should be reject, she said, rejection is difficult, offer them to the light. That does not mean you indulge in them. But when you observe this demon and the brute, offer it to the light and even the demigod, so that he too can become an instrument. So this is the riddle which they started solving 1926 onwards, very consciously with that nucleus of humanity around them, which today of course we know as the devotees and disciples of Shurbin the world over. Ashram was the seed plot And I am glad that you know we shared all this today because, with the opening of the Samadhi, it was as if worldwide there is a wide opening. Thank you.